Let's go back in time to learn the secrets of the past. See what love looks like when peering through rose-colored glass. Hindsight's 2020 or 13 to be exact. So let's dive into ancient history. Welcome back to The Bachelor of Hearts Presents Extra Credit, colon, Ancient History, The Bachelor Australia podcast that asks ye old question, Xavier, can you smell that? <laughs> is that is that the smell of love in the air or is it just the smell of manure? Mmm, I frankly can't tell the difference. Neither can Tim Robards on <laughs> this week's reinstallment. <laughs> is that yeah. what this is? Yeah, of yeah, yeah. The Bachelor Australia franchise. Uh, love dung. Xavi, what do you know about it? Hmm, I'm on a love dung diet. I don't, no, that doesn't, that doesn't even remotely track. Uh, yeah, you know, I love dung. Um, yeah, I thought dung was a, uh, a movie that probably should, um, should win the Oscar. <laughs> Folks, we got Oscar fever. <laughs> Uh, that's a great point. Yeah, Dung, uh, although it's only part one of two, I think mm. the direction, the performances, you know, the score, <laughs> the, uh, the cinematography. We got Oscar fever. So Oscars are happening tomorrow, right? And mm. uh, and it's all I personally can think about. Uh, but by the time you hear this, obviously, they will have happened. You're going to have to kind of just make your peace with uh, us making a bunch of movie references in this episode. And I apologize in advance. Xavier Max, Bits of Unidin. course, has seen a lot of movies. Yeah, going to say a lot of things, and I'm going to say, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, my name is Xavier Rebetsky Noonan, and I love The Bachelor, baby. It's a good thing he got going. Mm-hmm, yep. Uh, and, of course, joining me, as always, is my co-host, Movie Man Max. <laughs> that's right. Big movie boy, that's yep. me. Film uh, head. Hey, cut. They call him the canister kid, because he's always... <laughs> Spooling those reels. <laughs> they call him uh, sl- Slate. Yeah. S- don't just don't call me Slate for dinner. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. They call him uh, Lights Camera Maxion. Ah, it's really good. It was right there the whole time. This <laughs> is the if, Bachelor yes, of generous. Hearts podcast presents ancient. Wait, extra credit colon ancient. <laughs> history uh and guess what ladies and gentlemen we are going back in time to 2013 where there is so much happening in the world of the bachelor australia's very first season but before we begin our episode i just want to acknowledge that today we are recording on the land of the gadigal people of the eora nation and pay our respects to the traditional owners and custodians of this land We acknowledge that sovereignty of this land was never ceded and that it always was and always will be Aboriginal land. If you are checking in halfway through this season, if you're thinking there's no Bachelor on the air right now, what are these boys doing? Hmm. Here is what's happening. We're on Patreon, baby. This is going to work as such. You'll get the very start of this episode, then a Batch World catch-up. Things going on in Bachelor World. And then we're cutting you off and putting the rest of the episode behind the paywall. Xavi, 
Tell them about it. That's right. The real juicy morsels are hiding away uh, behind a wall. <laughs> I don't have any metaphor here. I'm just saying it in a funny voice. Uh, if you want to hear the majority of this episode, you should head on down to patreon.com slash pod. That is where you'll find the rest of this episode, as well as the rest of this series and many more wonderful episodes to come. For only $5 a month, you'll get two bonus episodes. Uh, if you do happen to want to give us any more money than that, and please do not think that you have to, because frankly, I'm looking at those people with suspicion, uh, skepticism, and... Uh, well, Hot in your eyes. Gratitude as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a bit of both. Um, some people have been doing this, and we simply adore these people, and so we have taken it upon ourselves to thank these people by means of... Shout out, and more specifically, by means of twenty-year-old television reference. That's <laughs> a great idea. White, white wrapping. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, without any further ado, Alba, Katie, Nell, Sarah, Evie. Gotta catch them all. Gotta catch them all. Jiggly puff. Hey, thank you <laughs> oh, so star. much. For supporting us, and uh, look, if you want a shout out on the this year podcast, you know what you can do. And patreon.com slash bohpod is where you can go. Busy week in the Bachelor franchise. It is, I think, time for us to transition into a Batch World catch-up, Zavi. Absolutely. I'd love that. Maxwell, please tell us what's going on, because I've had my head buried in the sand. To start with, I think that it would be a good idea for us to take a look back at some former Bachelor contestants who are making the rounds on other reality television series at the moment. It seems to be a ripe time for this. We have three different series at the moment with lots of different Batchy and Bachelorette favorites, quote unquote. Uh, (laughs) Everyone's somebody's favorite, right? Yeah, I'm sure that that's true. And what we want to do is uh, continue the tradition of jogging your memory by letting you know who these people are, by reminding you what they were the first person in Batchy history to do. Gotcha. For a second, I thought you were going to say, who's got gastro? (laughs) (laughs) We will come to it. First up, Nathan Favreau. All right. This is, I mean, this is kind of like a fun little quiz for me because I'm like, I definitely watched him on the show. Mm-hmm. I couldn't tell you which season, frankly, from the top of my head. Had to look it up. Yeah. Ali Ochin. Right. Okay. And I don't super remember what he would have been the first to do. Was he? He was the first person in Bachelor history to parlay an unsuccessful stint as a fuckboy on the Bachelor franchise into a leading role in another reality series in which he again faces allegations of being a fuckboy. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, I'm glad we're talking about the same thing here because he, as has been widely reported, uh, is one of the main cast members in the hit new internationally broadcast and internationally renowned Netflix series, Fire and Base. Yes. Which you and I have watched. I've watched the whole thing. Have you watched the whole yeah, thing? Yeah, Danny and I finished it last night. And mm. as far as docu-soaps go, um, <laughs> look, it was it was pretty disgusting, but I also loved it. Yeah, that's basically... It's hard to talk about it without uh, uh, sort of comprehending the fact that it is both very good and very bad. Yeah. In a way that I don't think necessarily the Bachelor franchise usually gets to either of those 
extremities. Like, really, you know, it, it is simultaneously sitting in both the, like, perfect, brilliant, garbage, trash fire, and also, like, I can feel this doing active damage to me. Like... <laughs> It was one of those things we, we, uh, Evie and I have been watching it together, and uh, the previously mentioned Evie, of course, from our $10 Patreon shout out. Uh, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> She's my partner. She did the art for the show. I love her very much. Um, we've been watching the show together and trying to, like you might do with a new TV show that you start watching, trying to binge this show. Mm. And I personally, in my experience, have found that that is an insurmountable it's task. It's so hard to binge. I, it's yeah. one of those shows like where, uh, I don't know, some of these reality series, you I will open my gullet and you can just pour it in. Yeah. This, like I will sit down and watch Vanderpump Rules for uh-huh. days straight. Like I will, you know, it will just goes down so easy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Even though that that's probably the style of reality show that I feel like this is trying to ape the most, something about the like how purely distilled this experience is. Yeah. It's just uh we, you know, we 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 impose I imposed a two episode a night limit. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's 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 a wild experience because the series really magnifies and exaggerates all of the like, I would say to use the scientific term, um, phony baloney parts yes. of of Byron Bay that I would argue do exist. Mm-hmm, and maybe mm-hmm. this is a good question to answer, right? There are people who might be watching this show and thinking, "Is Byron Bay really like that?" And I will mm-hmm. not lay claim to being a Byron Bay, but I am Byron Bay adjacent. Yeah, sure. Uh, in my upbringing, I used to work in in Byron for a long time. Uh, I come from Ballina. And my answer, in part, to this question, is Byron Bay really like this, is yes. Yeah, kind of. I mean, I've spent a decent amount of time in Byron Bay as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to go to Blues Fest there every year and oh, just yeah. stay in town. And, and you know, uh, I went to schoolies there, which I think gave <laughs> me a, a very uh, Byron Bay's adjacent sort of uh, experience. Yeah. So there's so some confluence of, I would argue, capitalism and... Uh, Instagram and outright gentrification have mm-hmm. transformed the town into something closer to the linen jumpsuit, sound healing, pseudo spiritual ivermectin mecca that <laughs> Byron Bay's presents this town as. Yeah. But I think the the core push and pull, and the reason that I don't know, maybe you found this uh, as well. The reason that the show is so disgusting. Um, is that all of those things kind of run contrary to what I think the soul of the the Shire is. Yes. And I think that uh, the TV program itself is like playing up those elements um, and, you know, looking for maybe the most egregious examples of these types of people. But also... You know, the, the thrust of the show follows, like, some some young creative types who are supposedly sort of trying to make it in the industry or whatever. Yeah. And I think that that layer of uh, artifice is very interesting because, obviously, they're all just there to make the show Byron Bay's. But every episode seems to be predicated around, like, someone's art show or someone's fashion line launch or someone's, you know, there has to be some kind of set piece in every episode for things to take place. But, obviously... 
it's the whole show is the things that are taking place. The, right. The, the people, like, you know, it, it, like one of the main characters is this like young female musician who's like, I've moved to Byron Bay all the way from the Gold Coast an hour <laughs> away um, so that I can kickstart my music career. And I'm looking to like meet new people or whatever. And then she meets everyone that she will talk to over the whole series on the first day, doesn't get along with any of them. None of them seem to like her very much. None of them play music. Nobody cares about music at all. Um, They seem to be completely bewildered and blown away by her one piece of music that she plays on a couple of occasions, which, like, you know, it's okay. It's got four great chords in it. Um, (laughs) But, you know, like, there's so much of just, like, uh, pretending that something bigger is happening here when really it's just like, no, we're looking for reasons to start arguments so we can film those arguments and people right. can get snarky at each other. You know? Right, right. And that is the 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 core of the of the series is people mm. having confrontations. But sprinkled in between all that is some of the most ingenious, like, you know, some of the most incredible set pieces of like uh, going to a crystal healing cave. Oh my God, or, yes. You know, yeah. like... Uh, I'm trying to think of some of the other ones. There, there are some great moments, uh, like a sound healing. Um, you know, the first attempt to solve the first confrontation that comes up in the show, rather than like sit down and have a conversation, is like sit down, sit silently, and we will invite some <laughs> grifter <laughs> to play some kind of exotic instrument that they're not particularly familiar with. I would imagine, like culturally, mm. I mean. There's a lot of hot water in in uh, describing this show, I guess. But yeah, yeah, and so the, I think that where it comes from for me, the the ickiness is that Byron Bay is supposed to represent like countercultural movement and inclusiveness and radicalism, and obviously, right, all of those things are inherently cool and attractive. And if you want to think about it that way, inherently corruptible, ruinable via the acquisition of land and the prism Mm -hmm. of capitalism that wants to encourage like privileged and problematic whites to live off sponsored post income and and cosplayers free spirits absolutely yeah yeah and that's where somebody like nathan favreau comes in oh my god and so every single one of these eight episodes draws nathan's trustworthiness into question right this coming off a stint on bachelor in paradise where one of the big things that happens with Nathan is that he comes off the show onto the reunion special and Osha mm. grills him. Right. And he's like, look, are you leading her on? Are you giving friendship roses? What's happening here? And yeah. now eight episodes of Byron Bay's, is he into Sarah? How many times has he hooked up with his insufferable housemate L? You know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you are this man, why do you keep putting yourself in these situations? And it's particularly interesting because he has been on the front foot promoting Byron Bay's, mm. and 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 you know he has posted things to the uh, to the extent of saying like, I'm really glad that Byron Bay's is coming out because I want to leave that old part of my life aside. I had a bad experience on Batchy. He even mentioned getting grilled by Osher Ginsberg at that uh, tell all you know after the final oh did he right yeah and he was like you know i i've got bad blood with that franchise and now i'm excited to be starting something new it's fascinating that he doesn't mention having been on batchy and no Mm -hmm. one else does like it's not a part of his narrative in byron bays and in fact part of the interesting artifice is that at no point is is it brought up that he hasn't lived in byron bay for very long no and the same with this other man elias who was on love island australia sure yeah 
Yeah. It's, it's completely bizarre. And the more that you look into it and the more that you like observe it under a microscope, the more it like turns into a different and weirder and more disturbing thing. And more phenomenal as well, yeah, because right. like, yeah, it is a, uh, a hard cap on the number that I can watch in a row, mm. but for those 40 minutes, I'm yeah. so invested. So this television program gets a warm recommendation and also an at all costs, do not endanger your life by watching this <laughs> <laughs> yeah, from the from- BOH. <laughs> Speaking of uh, other shows that I warmly encourage you not to watch, uh-huh. uh, SAS Australia is on at the moment. Now, what does SAS stand for? Don't know. Hmm. Haven't been watching it. It seems bad, doesn't it? And uh, one of the stars of this season, alongside Anna Heimrich, who oh, hello. Uh, um, what? is Lockie Gilbert, the first Bachelor in Australian history to... God, uh, climb a th- climb a big wall. No, that can't be true because we saw some of that in these very episodes. He but- is such an unremarkable bachelor <laughs> that I don't know what he was the first to do. No, he- actually, he was the first to tell both women that he loved them. I think he is the biggest. Yep, yep. He may also be the biggest. I think if you put them all in a lineup, he would he would tower over them. Yeah, yeah. And so what Lockie has been doing is talking to people on the TV show about who he is and what he is like. And I am going to crib heavily from a pedestrian TV article here because, frankly, Mm -hmm. I I just have no interest in watching the series. Um, But what I want to do is present out of context um, just some things that Lockie has said. How do you feel about that? Sure. I mean, you know, uh, we we thrive for journalistic, uh, you know, uh, excellence here on this podcast um, I, you know, always encourage uh, a lot of research and behind the scenes information and getting the fullest picture uh, wherever possible. So, yeah, um, stealing some <laughs> quotes out of context uh, with no interest in watching this show uh, from Pedestrian TV um, sounds exactly right up our alley. Let's do it. I don't have emotions. Oh. I can't think of an emotion. Don't talk huh? about emotions. Oh. The fact that I don't show grief, compassion, empathy... That kind of comes out in anger, and there's no other way I can express it. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. That sounds like a red flag. <laughs> this is the man who is being, say, held up as the most dateable man in the country. Is that is that fair to say? Right, right, right. I think that's the thing that, that this sticks out the most to me, because I, I read this article as well, and... Um, you know, there there are situations in which people are less equipped to or, you know, like less able to uh, process emotions or understand or, you know, communicate the emotions of themselves or other people. I want to approach that with like a level of sensitivity because I don't, you know, I think some people might read this and just leap to like, oh, this man is a sociopath. He should be locked up and put behind bars or whatever, which right. like is a problem. Um, but... Also, the ways that he has learned to communicate this thing about himself that he is showing in this article where he talks about how, like, um, he doesn't have emotions, but it manifests itself in, like, strength. And, you know, he's glad that he doesn't have that level of vulnerability or whatever because it allows him to be better and that kind of thing. I think that stuff's really troubling. I think the way that he links that into... um, his worth as a man and like what that has to say about toxic masculinity and that sort of thing. That's the stuff that um, raises my uh, eyebrow. 
Sure. And facetious as I am being in reading these quotes and giving you no context, I do want to supplement this with a comment from the Bachelor of Hearts Osh posting group that our uh, new friend Susan has made. And if you want to be friends with us, the Bachelor of Hearts Osh posting group is where you can come to say hi, hang out, talk about reality TV and what's going on in the world. And I love this point from Susan. She says, uh, I think this is another case of the least generous interpretation of a story. Um, and she says some nice things about us. Um, Lockie also admitted that he was raised in an environment where emotions weren't okay. I hope he's aware of that and can break the cycle. I thought that's really yeah. interesting. So look, very, yeah. very important to consider the breadth of what might be happening here in uh, in the context of uh, <laughs> not receiving any context uh, for from right. yours truly for the sake of a uh, a joke. Sure, but I but I mean it is still interesting to think about like the way that we uh, as a society like educate our young men and bring. Oh them my god! Absolutely. To- value certain things and to place less value on certain things or whatever that like you know i mean we say it every fucking week on this podcast like absolutely those yeah, priorities yeah. are not always in check with like uh having uh what i don't know an ideal strength and honor of- tattooed across your chest <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah exactly yeah um so there's that one and then yeah. finally uh our third check-in this week is with angie kent you remember angie kent she of course, of course my favorite author is the first in bachelor history to to uh sign a book for me and to specifically uh record a video message for me um saying that she will at one point listen to our podcast or even come on it and then no follow-up, I guess. I don't remember exactly what she said, to be quite honest. I can't hold it against her. Listeners, you can dig back in the archives. January 2020 is when we recorded that episode, <laughs> and you can hear a voicemail in full from Angie Kent. Excellent. Uh, Angie was on Dancing with the Stars, All Stars Australia recently. Now, firstly, I have not heard a title that convoluted since The Bachelor of Hearts Presents. I should credit extra colon, extra history. <laughs> no, no, I. It's a good point. Dancing with the Stars, The Stars. You know, it's like a, an extra layer. Mm-mm. So uh, here's here's the scoop. Angie kicked out. Yeah, she didn't make it. She did one dance, and they thought, okay, too uncomfortable. Not yeah. not good for the dancings. Didn't watch so, it. So <laughs> that's the end of that. Sorry about that. It felt like we should have three news stories. So we put that one in there. I know I've got that more. Angie. Oh, you've got more. Okay, well, no more let's... reality TV uh, updates, but Batch World catch ups. Yeah, so. no, this is great. Please go on. Now, uh, a couple of other ones. Quick follow-up to our uh, beloved segment on this uh, podcast. Who's got gastro? Hell yeah. Say it. Okay, ready? This time, who's got COVID? Who previously had gastro? Oh, no. God, that's terrible. Who Who is it? Termalov. Sophie. Oh, fucking hell. She's ah, got it Just bad. weeks after having the gastro, now has the COVID. Moving right along. Georgia Love, stuck in a toilet. Next story. Um <laughs> You know what? I don't need a follow-up. I, I, I got all I need out of that. Everything you need. Now, mm-hmm. two bachelorettes went on a walk this morning and posted about it. Who were they? <laughs> How many of these do you have? We follow hundreds of people. Are you just going to recap every story? Hey, this is what you get. You put me in charge of the Batch World Catch-Up. You find it's out true. the Belle of Arellis and Brittany Weldon both went on a morning walk today. Wow. Wait, together or separately? <laughs> Separately. Oh my god. 
Good. Good. Hey, stuff. if you're listening and you're an ex Batchy contestant and you went on a walk on the 27th of March 2022, we want to know about it. We're going to catch up on all of these next episode. So, <laughs> I know we have some ex contestants who listen to the show. We're very grateful to have them. Um, but don't just lurk beneath the surface. Please tell us about the walk you took on Sunday, 27th of March. Were you thinking about the Oscars? <laughs> mm. Final, final item for this week's Great. Batch World Catch-Up. Xavi, guess who's going to Dalesford about an hour out of Melbourne <laughs> and looking for options for vegan and meat. Oh, oh, okay. I was like, oh, that narrows it down. I'm like, oh, it actually doesn't at all. Uh, look, could be anyone. Let's say, what was the name of the guy who dabbed? Uh, <laughs> Hayden? Hayden, yeah. Was it him? No, it's Paige Royal. Paige oh, uh, was Paige. kicked out in the first couple of, of episodes of last season, I believe. Um, sure. She was my winner pick. And as it turns out, no, she's going to Dalesford and looking to eat some vegan, some meat here on The Bachelor of Hearts Presents Ancient Extra Credit. <laughs> colon ancient history season the bachelor australia episode one and look Xavier, uh, have you got anything more for me there's just one thing that i wanted to touch on we have of course talked about everything that's been going on in the last week or two since we released an episode but i wanted to talk about the things that were taking place at the time of release of the episodes that we're going to discuss in this recap so that is early october 2013 i did my usual google search this week and I searched between the dates of these episodes and I typed in The Bachelor Australia and I typed in Bachelor Australia and I typed in Bachelor AU and I typed in Bachelor and I searched and searched and I did not find any relevant results from that time period Ooh. at all. Now, I imagine that might be leaving out some stuff that no longer exists, mm -hmm. maybe some long buried social media posts or whatever and... You know, obviously there would have been some stuff that never made it online and at all, like, you know, magazines and newspapers and, you know, street marketing or whatever. But still, I was just basking in the impression that this gave me of this, like, tranquil bachelor landscape <laughs> where, you know, nothing was especially newsworthy. You know, everybody was just going about their lives as usual. You know, there's no anti-vax conspiracy theories or invasive paparazzi or self-indulgent, you know, social media overshares or, you know. Yeah, micro-updates via stories. Mm, just Who needs them? Not a cell phone in sight, just people living in the moment. Mm -hmm. So if that can help us get into the mindset of this episode or these episodes, I'm, I'm very excited about that. Yeah, look, just picture yourself wearing some linen. Maybe it's time for mm. a sound healing. In fact, listeners, if you are in front of the paywall, is that a saying? I'm, we're making it a saying, yeah. Yeah, okay. If you are in front of the, the, the uh, paywall, this is your sound healing. Um, because we have to draw this, this time to a conclusion. Yeah, and what better sound healing could you have than to reconsider and head on down to patreon.com slash bohpod. Bohpod, bohpod, bohpod. And uh, yeah, come come hang out. Um, but if not, we'll, we'll catch you again next time. Thanks for listening to this part of the pod. Uh, and uh, take it easy. We'll be back with you soon. And enjoy the movies. Mmm, popcorn. Don't mind if I do. <laughs> hey, hand me a Malteser. Oh, is that uh, Pepsi? Don't mind if I do.
my ears. From the first moment you entered my life.